Thank you, Dueling Pianos. Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. Great to have you on this Sunday morning. My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of your Warm Heart pastors here. Uh, just a welcome to all of you. If you're joining us online, hello, welcome. Uh, wherever you may be watching from today, we got people on the West Coast today, East Coast, North Dakota, I believe, and down to Alabama, everywhere in between, all the ships at sea, hello. We are blessed to have you with us. Uh, about once a month, we say hi to our online folk. Can you do me a favor? Can you look at the camera right there and just say, good morning? You are certainly a part of our church, and we are blessed to... I don't know where you're watching from, but we had snow this morning. Uh, totally surprised me. Was anyone else surprised? I was surprised. We're... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame Carol. Carol caught me this morning and said it was her fault. Uh, she put her show, uh, snow boots away yesterday thinking we were done. Can you all say, ah, oh, Carol. <laughs> Love you, Carol. All right. <laughs> Sign in. Let us know you're here. We appreciate that. Every row, every pew has one of these books. You could uh, sign in, pass it to your neighbor right down the row. Uh, that way you get to know them by name when you invite them out to lunch after service. We appreciate that. Uh, Lori is our worship leader today, and she may or may not have a couple of announcements this morning. Good morning. It's awful good to be here with you all to worship together. I'm grateful to be with you. We do have a few announcements. We need to thank the youth for a great job in worship last week. And it's great we can clap for them because they're gone. They went to McCall. So they're sledding. Let's pray for their safe fun and uh, safe trips home. The Mary Methodists are going to have a potluck this evening at 5. Uh, bring some food and, and get ready for some fellowship. The, there's going to be a third grade Bible study, which I think is really cool. Um, all the kids in the third grade and older if they missed a course can be invited to this four-week group to learn about the Bible. And participants will be presented their own Bibles during the first service next week. And just after that, that's when the first meeting will start. So that's pretty cool. Um, there's going to be a ladies' night out on Tuesday, February 27th. You start out at the yard house and end up seeing ordinary angels. So contact Lisa if you're interested in that. And the children's musical is coming up. There's rehearsals for, for that. And uh, this will happen during the Angels Alive on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. in the choir room. So there are speaking and singing parts available. Hope the kids can come and, and be a part of that. And I think that's all we have. Lori, what state are you from? Where's, where's the accent? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, if you want to sit here a while, I claim Tennessee, North Carolina. I spent a little time in Missouri, misery, land of misery. Um, yeah, I've been in Alaska, so that Alaska didn't give me my southern accent, though. I had to keep it from. I'm just the curious. South. I say good morning. How, how, how would you say good morning in the churches that you served? Oh, good morning, y'all. Or all y'all. All (laughs) y'all. Well, y'all got some all y'all around you right now. So let's take a moment, greet those around us in Christian love, and remain standing for the hymns.
as we affirm our faith together, you may see it in the hymnal number 885 or on the screen. Let's affirm our faith with this modern affirmation of faith. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is the one true church, apostolic and universal, whose holy faith let us now declare. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works and whose will is ever directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and death. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, whereby we were kept in perpetual remembrance of the truth of Christ and find strength and help in time of need. We believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love, as set forth in the example of our blessed Lord, to the end that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Except for our kiddos, like fifth grade on down. Come on up. This is your time in worship. Good to see you. Good to see you. Welcome. Come on down. Good to have you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. So inside my office, if you walk inside my office here at the church, I have just bookshelves of really neat books. Books that I had to read for school, books that teach me about God, books that I use to help lead a church, like really, really cool books. And then I got some other ones. I got the Bible that my own parents gave me back when I was about your age. Yeah. They got me the old King James and tell that to a seven-year-old and see how that goes. But that's what they got. <gasps> One of my favorite books book called Watership Down. Anyone, anyone know Watership Down? Watership? Yeah, it's my favorite book. It's a kid's, it's kind of a kid's book. I don't know if you'd ever see The Hobbit in a pastor's bookshelf before. Yeah. My, my Boy Scout handbook when I was a kid. Every now and then I still look at it and go, oh yeah, because it still teaches me stuff, even at this old age that I am. The Wizard of Oz. Have you ever heard of The Wizard of Oz? Yeah? It, it, was, a, it was a book 40 years before it, was a, uh, before it was a movie. 1900, this came out. It's kind of a fun one. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, C.S. Lewis. Maybe some of you know that one. I got some kids' books. Again, you wouldn't expect to find this in a pastor's uh, book. The Little House. My grandma gave this one. Uh, I remember reading this at her house. Have you ever heard of the giving tree? Yeah, you got that one? That's a good one. That's a good one. And the oldest one I have in here, Bernstein Bears. What's the pastor doing with Bernstein Bears? 
the spooky old tree. I remember this when I was little, 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 little. Yep, still got our names on the inside. Do you have any favorite books at your place? Yeah, got some books. What are some of your favorite books? The Minecraft book? Yeah. I don't have that one, but I bet it's good. That's good. Anybody still have any uh, books from their childhood still hanging out in your house? Yeah. Dick and Jane. Good night. Oh, good night, moon. We still have a good night, moon. Yeah. Nancy Drew books? Yeah. Some of them got Nancy Drew books too, I'm sure. Hardy Boys? Yeah. Yeah. Little House on the Prairie books? We are a people who love to read. We love to read. And I pray that you like to read too and, or have people read to you so someday you might have a collection of books uh, when you get older that you still like to go through. Because when I still read this, I still think of grandma and I still think of, of dad just, just, just doing their little games uh, at bedtime. We as a people, we have a collection in our, in our brains of, 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 of famous sayings, of famous poems, of nursery rhymes that we still... Let's see. Are, any, any, anybody here getting older? I'm just curious. Getting older? <laughs> we're all, someone asked me that, and I said, we're all, you know, there's, we're all doing that. No one's going the other way. Uh, but let's, let's see if, I'm going to test their memories, see if they can still remember some things from their childhood. Okay? I had to write them down to make sure I got some of these. Just finish this for me. Ba, ba, black sheep. Some of them haven't read that in 80 years. <laughs> And it's, it's still there because we read it. Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. Do you know these? Yeah. Jack and Jill. Ooh. To fetch a pail of water. Yeah. Uh, Jack be nimble. Yeah, a lot of Jacks in these nursery rhymes. I'll get off that for a second. The itsy bitsy spider. Some of you even do the actions. Got that down. Uh, ooh, I'm a little teapot. Good job. Yeah, this, this is the liturgy of our people. This is who we are. I'll just do one more. Let's uh, see if you could get this. Old MacDonald had a farm. Yeah. Keep reading. Reading will help up here. The Bible even says that Jesus grew both in wisdom and in stature. He read. And uh, he, he, he's the son of God. He knows everything. And yet he still went to school. And he still read. So he could be service to others. Let's pray. God above, we give thanks for these little ones that as they grow in love and godliness together, may, may they have support for their, from their parents, from their guardians, from, from their school, from this congregation. That they know about the truth, the way and the life as shown in the life of Christ. And the family of God said, Amen. Thanks for coming down.
Good morning, church. This last week, we lost a beloved saint. Jeff McLeese passed away unexpectedly on Wednesday. I ask that you keep Janiel, his wife, their kids, and their whole family in your thoughts and prayers this week. We will have a memorial service for Jeff on Saturday, February 24th at 1 o'clock in the afternoon with a reception to follow. Now, if you have any prayer requests and concerns, this is a time of our service where, where we share what's on our heart with one another. Please feel free to share them aloud. And then I will lead us in our pastoral prayer and the Lord's Prayer. And the words will be on the screen. Let us pray. Gracious God, Creator God, we come to you today with open hands and open hearts in gratitude for the abundance and beauty of your creation. We pray for our church family and our community. And in all things we give thanks. Fill us with life and with love and with wonder and and help us to cultivate joy as we study and marvel at the beauty of your hand. During the season of Lent, may we be present and abide in you. And may all we do be rooted in your love. Teach us, God, to live into your unforced rhythms of grace so that we may rest so that we may rest in you, Lord. May we learn to lean in and listen and respond to your call to be a people of joy and peace and patience and love. And so today, Lord, we lean into you and we come together as your people to pray We pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Jen. Let's stand and sing together, step by step, knowing that we walk in God's ways.
We have a couple of scripture lessons today. The first one is an epistle from Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The second reading is the gospel reading of John, chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Lori. So during these first couple months of the year, we are examining some of the ancient spiritual practices that help us understand the divine, ourselves, how to connect to God, how to connect with each other. And we think of such practices as, 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 as prayer, meditation, giving, fasting, and other, other churchy type things that we do. So it might seem strange to include the topic of study on this list. As I heard this past month in a random conversation, shouldn't, shouldn't faith and, and education be somewhat opposed? The more we learn, the less we need of God, right? God created the universe, but now we know about the Big Bang and, and evolution, and we're not the center of the universe anymore. Jesus exercised the demons and what possessed people. But now we know more about mental health and schizophrenia and, and other, other uh, disorders. But faith and brains have not always been mortal enemies. So let me just take a moment and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag on our church just for, for a minute. Education has always been a core value of the Methodist church. From the earliest days back in the 18th century. Founder John Wesley believed education was the key to a fuller, richer life. Knowledge for him was not so much a purely intellectual attribute, but it was, it was a channel of, of self-discovery, understanding ourselves, and trying to figure out this world that God has put us in. Wesley believed that everyone should have access to education regardless of class or gender. This was insanely novel back in the day. We believe that women should be able to read. Can I get an amen? amen? Thank you. We believe that even the lowest classes should know their multiplication tables. One way to control others is to limit education. And so we Methodists, we have always, always, always have been in favor of, of, of education. 1748, John Wesley opened up a school for children for coal miners 
in Bristol, England, uh, named it the Kingwood School. And people were asking, why do, why do coal miners' kids need to go to school? They're just going to go to the coal mines. Well, maybe, just maybe, if they, if they get some education, A, they'll have more opportunities, and B, they'll make better coal miners or better citizens or better whatever. His goal was to give young people a high-quality education, he championed as, as, uh, education as a way to assure that leaders would act ethically and responsibly. <laughs> I, I don't even mean to put a pause there. It just happened. Yeah. We got Methodist schools of higher learning everywhere, but, but uh, someone commented a while back, Pastor Mike, why, why aren't there Methodist elementary schools? Why don't we have Methodist high schools? You, I don't know of a single one. Don't we believe in education? Yes, yes we do. We all we believe in public education. <laughs> you know, we're not in the private school business. If you don't like the public schools, maybe we should fix them instead of bailing on them. I know it's not here. I know it's not here, but in some parts of the country, private school means white school. In some parts of the country, not here, but God bless, uh, some parts of the country, private school means rich school. We're kind of against these sort of things here. Uh, Of course, if you go to a private school, that's great. School is great. Whatever school you go to. But we believe that education should be available to all. Even as the Methodist Church took hold in America, we began forming schools of higher learning. Uh, By the Civil War, we had uh, established at least 200 such institutions around the country. The first public school out here in the Northwest that anyone could go to, uh, over by Salem, Willamette University. Uh, The first public school out here in the great Northwest, started started by the Methodists. Uh, We started colleges and granted degrees to women and African Americans, again, well ahead of its time. The HBCs, historical black colleges, many of them have Methodist roots. Today, we support a network of 117 outstanding United Methodist-related schools here in this country, including 13 schools of theology and over 700 throughout throughout the world. Places you've heard of, Boston University, Emory, uh, Drew, believe it or not, Southern Methodist University is a Methodist institution. (laughs) Duke, Duke University. I don't know what that says about us. If Duke Blue Devils, we're the Blue Devils. Every year, millions of dollars are given out in scholarships from the United Methodist Church to help kids get, get further education. My boys, uh, they're, they're, they're on the youth retreat right now, so they can't see this. That's good. They don't want me to show this. But we have, we have scholarships. The, the United Methodist Church has scholarships. They don't want me to show you because they're competing for them. So they want less competition. But if you have anyone going to school, check it out. Uh, we also have our warm heart scholarships. Uh, this year we got uh, quite a few thousand to, to send uh, to help kids get to go to school. I think... Uh, uh, those applications will be coming out here in the next month or so. But why should we care about education? How is this a spiritual practice? 
I don't know about your Bible, but my, my Bible says it wants me to learn. My Bible says it wants me to grow. We believe in science. We believe in God. Truth is knowable. And God wants us to know the truth. John 14 states that Jesus himself is the truth incarnate. Colossians 2 assures us that all treasures of wisdom and knowledge can be found in him. John 14, he will teach us all these things and cause us to remember things that Christ taught us. Even back in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 1, God told Adam to have have dominion over all the earth. Well, you better know what this earth is all about, and we better take care of it. I'll I'll skip ahead to Proverbs. Proverbs 3 says this, Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. We have a biblical mandate to keep learning. And it walks hand in hand with a biblical mandate for Christian living and for service. We also believe in a spiritual education. To know the stories of our faith. If, if the pastor says, Daniel in the den of the lions, I'm hoping that most of you know what I'm talking about. Martha and Mary, I hope those names sound familiar. We believe in the power of Sunday school where Christian formation really takes place. This kind of education, it's important for both kids, for youth, and adults. We don't get a pass because we're old. <laughs> we're to be lifelong learners in the faith, to pray without ceasing. Here's a scary thought. If my child goes to Sunday school every single week, how, how many weeks in a year? 52. So they got 52 hours of, of religious education. Actually, we, there's some Sundays we take off. So let me take off four. So 48. We got 48 hours of, hold on, Sunday school is only 45 minutes. So they get, they get 36 hours, 36 hours of Sunday school in a year if they're here every single week. And that's if we can find teachers. Hint, hint, plug, 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 hint, hint. According to a recent survey, the average kid spends between 20 to 50 hours a week on the screen. And that's the world we live in. I get that. But what that means is one week of normal screen time equals a whole year of Sunday school. Wow. Get them to Sunday school. Get into class. Get in something. One of the things the local church is tasked with doing is that of discipleship. From the Old Testament to New Testament, we find the public reading of the Word of God to be essential in, in, in the place of worship. Ezra read the Word of God and the people stood and repented. Jesus himself went to the synagogue, read the scripture for everyone to hear. Paul commanded his readers to read his epistles in all the churches. The local church is the place where discipleship and teaching often take place. And this extends to church uh, Bible studies, to discipleship classes throughout the week. You're invited, if you haven't been for a while, to our Tuesday afternoon Bible study. Hope, hope you join us. All of this is keeping in with God's direction to learn, to seek knowledge, wisdom, understanding. In the end, God wants us to become smarter, yes, but it's also so we can become better servants so we can better care for each other 
better love on each other. So how do we do this? How do we put this truth about education, about Christian education, into practice? Just, just a couple ideas. They're, they're showing the clock back there for me to wrap this up. Uh, get a plan. Get a plan for personal discipleship. There are dozens of reading Bibles, of, of daily reading Bibles and out there for personal discipleship programs that you can use that will help you seek if you seek to become a more devoted follower of Christ, jump in a class, read a book, get a devotional. My wife and I, when we, we first got married, we, we, had a, uh, we had a devotional by the bed and we would read it before bedtime. Just, just one chapter, one little, one little page every day. Get intentional about your children's or your grandchildren's spiritual formation. I, I, uh, don't, you know, don't leave that for someone else to which God has held, will hold you accountable. Train a child in the way he should go. And when they are old, they will not turn from it. You might not be in charge of your grandkids' spiritual education. I do know this. There, were, there was a time when my parents didn't go to church. Grandma came and drug us to church. <laughs> Grandma got us. Uh, you, know, you, you don't have to go, but I'm taking these kids. I don't know what that looks like in your family. But grandma had cinnamon rolls where we were, so we went. And that was that. <laughs> Get involved. Pass it on. There's always a need for teachers at the local church. Do you want a small group? Do you need a small group? Start a small group. Find a group of people. We will make it happen. We will make space. We'll get resources. Sometimes they take off. Sometimes not. But, 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 but try. Do you want to become a camp counselor? Do you want to help kids? Got to pass a background check. We do background checks. We protect our kids here. Uh, but there's always ways to get involved. If the last book you read was in the 20th century, let me tell you, things have changed since then. <laughs> this morning, I just want to leave you with a quote. And this is, this is from John Wesley, and I, and I pray it's our uh, mantra for today. We are always open to instruction willing to be wiser every day than we were before and to change whatever we can, change for the better. And the family of God said, amen. As we come to the offertory, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate to the, to the giving, to the ministries of this church. You make this place happen. We support many ministries inside the church, outside the church, at home, and abroad. And your giving makes this happen. Let us receive the offertory with the gift of music and the bells.
Thank you, Christine. Let us stand for our doxology and prayer. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Please share in our prayer. God of all wisdom, as we bring our gifts to be dedicated this morning, we pray that you might open our ears, open our hearts to hear where you call us and to respond with trust and courage so that we might find healing in our lives, our families, and our world. May these gifts bring healing to your creation. In Christ we pray. Amen. Our closing song today is one of of Lent. This is the first Sunday of Lent. And a, a common song sung at this time is the Lord who throughout these 40 days. this time, I might give an announcement or two and a benediction, and, and we have the uh, prelude and send, send you on your way. But uh, we have something a little different this morning. Can I hear a gasp? Uh, if you could please be seated for a moment. I'd like to introduce you, if you don't already know, our district superintendent, Karen Hernandez. Can you all say hi, Karen? Hi, Karen. And she has, a, she has a word to share with us this morning. Thank you for having me. I am really excited to be here on the Sunday when you talk about learning and wisdom, and it just reminded me of my passion for education that I was raised with. That is deep in my bones. But even with all of my religious education and my family's emphasis on education, I didn't get to go to exploration. Have you heard of exploration, the United Methodist event? It's happening right now. I think it's happening in Orlando this year. So there are hundreds of Methodists, lots of youth and young adults, campus ministers, seminaries, bishops are all there talking about young people receiving a call to ministry. 
And that's pretty exciting. I've been seeing all the information and pictures and things in my social media feed. So I appreciate that we have leaders who make sure young people have an opportunity to hear that we are all called to ministry, because that's another important Methodist belief. We believe in the ministry of all believers. God has entrusted each and every one of us with gifts and calls each of us to some particular ministry just for us. But as you know, some are called to particular ministries in leadership of the church. For many, that's in a laity role, like the L in the mile, lay ministry enhancement, we're working on that. But sometimes people are called a step beyond that in the particular direction of becoming clergy. That's what those teenagers and college students are hearing about in exploration. And they're also hearing that, thank goodness, there are a lot of scholarships because it's expensive. It's a big commitment to offer oneself to be clergy in the United Methodist Church. And yet, there's one among us who has done just that who's not clergy yet, but who has offered herself. So after years of meaningful ministry among you, after lots of hard work and education, after much prayer, your affirmation and support, and some bold and courageous steps, I am delighted to tell you that it is the intention of Bishop Cedric Bridgeforth to appoint your pastor, Jen, to become Reverend Jen Hunkovic, full-time pastor of Southside Boulevard United Methodist Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks be to God. to see you. I'll keep talking, but they want to see you right now. So if you'll come stand beside me, I'd appreciate it. Pastor Jen is here with you until July 1st when her appointment begins. At that point, she will be a licensed local pastor at long last. She's been ready. You've affirmed her. The Board of Ordained Ministry and the District Committee on Ministry, they've all affirmed her, but it's been a long wait until the right time and the right place finally came together, and now we have the right pastor for the Southside Congregation. So you have several months to keep learning from and appreciating Pastor Jen's ministry and several months to figure out how on earth you will offer her all of the gratitude that you owe her, how you will celebrate her well as you send her off to her next ministry. Will you join me in just a momentary prayer of celebration, friends? Holy God, I give you thanks for your daughter, Jen for her courageous ways of answering your call to the particular ministry of becoming a solo pastor. We pray for this season of transition that is ahead and for the new ministry that will begin for her in Nampa starting this summer. God, help Jen to feel all of the love that is in this place for her. Help her to be strengthened by your holy boldness Help her to be ignited even more by your spirit, God. And when the time comes, lead her from this place to Southside Boulevard, UMC. We pray for Pastor Jen and for all to whom you are calling. 
And we pray it in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Friends, if any of you feels a call to ministry, I would urge you to talk to any pastor you know. I know Pastor Mike, Pastor Jen, and is Pastor Pete around? There he is. I see him back there. Um, We've all got some experience, but I, I imagine you could talk to anyone in this church family about that call and how frightening it can be, but how exciting and mysterious and wonderful. And I would love to help you answer your call to ministry as well. Pastor Jen, I don't know how we're going to do ministry come July, but we're going to find out <laughs> together. Uh, and, and she's close by as well, so she'll, uh, it'll be great to have her as a colleague. Uh, D.S. Karen, I did take, a, uh, I shouldn't tell the story, but uh, then don't. My wife's saying, then don't tell the story. Uh, <laughs> so, so I was part of a Nebraska Wesleyan University, a Methodist institution, and I took about 15 kids to Expo. In St. Louis, if it was in, when it was in St. Louis, uh, at the convention center there at the Arch, and I had a big old church van, and we went down and and did did great stuff. But I remember pulling in, and uh, uh, the parking for a van downtown at the, uh, underneath uh, sixty bucks a night for parking. I said, I'm not doing that. And I look across the river, there's the, 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 the Mississippi there, and there's a big sign that says free parking. So yes, so I drop everyone off and I go park the van, I go across the river, park the van. They got a little train that goes across for me to come back, but I park it there and I didn't realize that I parked the church van at the casino parking lot. <laughs> it's got our name on the side. I'm hopping out in the lake. You can't park that here. Just go into all the world, right? Go into all the world. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. That as we celebrate this, this season of Lent, this ministry of Jen, and the postlude about to come, may God's love, blessings, and peace go with you all. Amen. Oh.